this year, after five years of procrastinating, I finally went swimsuit shopping. And let me tell you what, it was a month long process. I added and removed probably 35 different suits from my online shopping carts. I finally landed on one, but even then there's still things that I would change about it. The whole process reminded me of why it took me five years to update my swimwear. It's just not that fun of a process. You know what I mean? Hey, welcome to Letters to Women. It's a podcast where we explore and embrace the feminine genius in our everyday daily lives as Catholic women. I'm Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Catherine Huss. In this episode, Catherine and I are talking about how and why she founded Sienna and Company. It's a women's swimmer line that's ethically made here in the United States. And the only thing that I'm wishing is that these swimsuits that she's designed were available way earlier this summer when I was looking everywhere for something that I could both feel confident in lounging poolside on a girl's day out, but then also chasing Maven Ada around the swimming pool too. We are diving, very much pun intended, into the topic of modesty and whether or not it's subjective when it comes to the clothes we wear. I know summer is drawing to a close as you listen to this episode, but there are still some poolside hours in my calendar. And the topic of modesty is something that listeners ask me about quite a bit. So I think this conversation is more evergreen than a summer specific. If you have ever dreaded swimsuit shopping and you just want a functional and beautiful suit that you can feel confident in, sister, this letter's for you. I think this letter is for every woman. Is there any of us who love and look forward to swimsuit shopping? Maybe after seeing Catherine's work, you'll look forward to swimsuit shopping. But up until that point, I don't think so. Maybe you're a unicorn and you should message me on Instagram about that. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by House of Joppa. House of Joppa offers a fresh new take on traditional Catholic home decor and jewelry and gifts that outwardly show the beauty of our faith. Not only does House of Joppa have gorgeous gifts, but they also have some really beautiful paper goods to accompany those gifts. I loved their Marian spiritual bouquet card. There are these beautiful cards to let someone know that you're praying for them. I'm going to link some Marian spiritual bouquet cards that I loved. And these ones are designed by Grazia Design Co. You can visit House of Joppa via the link in the show notes today. And remember that Letters to Women listeners get 15% off their order at checkout with the code LETTERS15. That's one word, all caps, LETTERS15. Check out the link to House of Joppa in the show notes or visit their website, houseofjoppa.com. Now, let's get into this conversation with Catherine. I am welcoming Catherine Huss to the Letters to Women podcast. Catherine grew up in Minnesota, where she attended the University of St. Thomas, studying Catholic studies and apparel design. She went on to work for several clothing brands in Minneapolis, LA, and San Diego, where she's now settled and designing swimwear for Sienna and Co. Catherine, welcome to Letters to Women. It is so good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chloe. It's great to chat with you. Today, we're going to be talking about Sienna and Co. We're going to be talking about swimwear and modesty and honoring the dignity of everyone involved in clothing creation. But to start us off, and especially for listeners who maybe are hearing from you for the first time, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a Catholic family, and I think like a lot of people who had parents in that generation, they just kind of passed on what they could. So my mom taught us about the Catholic faith, but it was it was very just experiential. So whenever I had questions, you know, mom, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Her answer was often because I said so. And that's just kind of all she knew. So that isn't super helpful, I think, for kids. Um, I think a lot of us want more explanation. So it was hard to then live out, I think, the Catholic faith through that. So when I got to college, definitely wanted to learn more about 
my faith. So I was able to study Catholic studies at the same time as studying apparel design because I knew I wanted to go into the fashion industry and kind of a surprise that I got to learn about in my apparel design program was all the social justice aspects of the fashion industry that, yeah, I think a lot of us just don't realize what goes on in a lot of the factories that our clothes are made in. And so it was so beautiful to be able to learn about that at the same time as in my Catholic studies program. That was kind of a program where you look at different, um, almost like different studies through the Catholic lens. So you might have a class in history, you might have a class in theology, you might have a class in art, but then it's through the Catholic lens. So to be able to study both the social justice aspect of the apparel industry with my Catholic studies program, which I just felt like the biggest thing I took away from that was always prioritizing the dignity of the human person, no matter what you're doing, if you're in your field that you're working in or just your relationships with friends or family so that actually was an amazing way to study both those at the same time and so I feel like you know every day is is a learning experience but just kind of living out then all those things I got to learn um, both in school what I'm doing for work and then just yeah our faith and our relationship with Jesus just kind of uh, meld of all of those things every day. <laughs> I love that. And I love that your response to, to the formation that you had when you were a kid wasn't, well, forget this, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But instead this curiosity, maybe there is some answers out there and, and diving into that through college is really beautiful to see your journey take that path. Yeah. I think I did have some, some times where I was like, yeah, forget this. Um, but that definitely was not fulfilling and not satisfying. So then I think then I kind of did a 180 and okay, if my mom says this is true, maybe I should pursue that more. And then yes, once I've gone down that path, then I have taken it for my own. And so I'm so grateful to be here today. (laughs) So today you're the the creative director behind Sienna and co, which is a women's swimmer line that's ethically made here in the United Mm -hmm. States. I'd love to hear the origin story of Sienna and co what sets you apart as a swimwear company? Yeah, absolutely. So in college, our senior project was to design. We actually had to sew and then put on a, a runway fashion show of a collection. And so I decided to do swimwear because I felt like that is the biggest category. I haven't been able to find something that kind of meets all the things I would look for in clothes and so um it was really cool one in college one day I was in adoration and I was you know trying to pray and I felt like all these swimsuit ideas kept coming to mind and I remember like almost physically like shooing or you know like okay god like put push those aside I'm trying to pray right now and then I heard myself say that and I thought oh Catherine you need to need to pay attention to this and so right then I took out a notebook and I sketched them and ah, that was just so fun and I actually love just thinking about that right now of man God just meets us where we are and he just I think so often we make our life more complicated than it needs to be of 
you know, it has to look a certain way and fit this mold, but I just think God just, he just wants to be with us in it all, whether it's, yeah, designing or prayer or just in your relationships with people, he just wants to be invited in. So yeah, I love telling that story because it's so funny. (laughs) So I, yeah, I have always wanted to do swimmer because I feel like that's the, where I've seen the biggest need and where I haven't been able to find what I've wanted. And so I got to design swimwear for my senior project in college. And then after college, I worked for a couple different brands and the tug to design just really continued. And of course, with COVID, so many of us found that we had a lot more free time on our hands that we knew what to do with. And I just kind of felt like, you know, I have no more excuses to keep putting off designing for myself. So I just yeah, started started designing and pursuing actually going into production um, for CNN Company, and it just kind of it's to use that um, image of a snowball. It just kind of has been a snowball that just keeps rolling, and I just with a lot of encouragement from people around me and prayer and just continued open doors it just keeps going so I'm just going to keep going (laughs) until the Lord says otherwise and so it's been really difficult but very fruitful and and enjoyable so just all of that wrapped in one (laughs) I I think I remember reading something about you talking about the samples and the production Mm -hmm. side of things that just must be a monster to navigate during a pandemic holy smokes yeah exactly Tell me about the designs that you chose for the launch that you're, you're launching the line now while we're, while yep. we're talking. So there's, there's three swimsuit bottoms, two tops and a swim dress. Exactly. Yep. Tell me about what inspired those designs. I know, are these the designs that you drew in adoration? What's the process of creating them looking like for you, especially, yeah, given all the curveballs that designing and, and producing in a pandemic has probably thrown at you? Yeah, so I feel like these designs are kind of adaptations of some of the ideas that came in adoration, and then again, kind of adaptations, um, improvements on what I designed in college, and I feel like the biggest thing that comes to mind when designing is providing swimsuits that women can feel confident in, in any setting. So I know for myself and for a lot of women that we just have not liked wearing swimsuits. And I've talked to so many women who, even when you're wearing a swimsuit, so if you're at the beach or a pool or wherever you might be, you'll wear a swimsuit, but you don't really want to be seen in it. So you'll wear like a loose t-shirt or loose shorts over it. And I just think, man, that is so silly that we're we just refuse to be seen in these clothes that we've bought. And so I would just love to be able to design swimsuits that women want to wear and feel confident in. And I guess what I think of too is, um, you know, oftentimes when you're in those settings that you'd be wearing a swimsuit. So again, the beach, pool, a lake, you know, whatever it might be, you, it's usually a positive, fun experience or it should be. And so often we can, it's almost, that experience is overshadowed by how self um, insecure we feel in a swimsuit. It's just like, this is so backwards. So I, yeah, would just love to help kind of turn that around of 
there's so many occasions where we get to wear clothes that we love and feel good in. And I would love that to be swimsuits as well, because, you know, that's kind of a fun gift that we get to experience in this, you know, lifetime swimming and being in kind of those fun scenarios. And so I feel like just wearing clothes, swimsuits that we can feel confident in, that we're not constantly thinking, you know, oh, how how do I look or needing to adjust things or feeling like we're exposing too much or just all those things that go through our head. Um, yeah, my goal would just be to eliminate that for women so that you can just kind of be present with the people you're with and where you are and not be thinking about how you feel in your swimsuit. <laughs> yes, no, so true. Because as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about all of the times growing up through college. I mean, shoot, honestly, up through this year, there are so little even pictures that I have of me mm-hmm. in beach situations where I'm actually in a swimsuit. Like I'm in a swimsuit, yeah. but you'd never know because right. it's covered up. <laughs> yeah, Why did I exactly. even wear it? Right. But when I look through your pieces that you have for this line, the, the two words that come to mind are function. These are incredibly mm-hmm. functional swimsuits, mm-hmm. but then also forgetfulness and not in like a, a negative connotation of that word. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're forgettable. But like, I'm forgetting about myself in Mm -hmm. these swimsuits where I'm able to just let go of insecurities and I'm able to stop having this track playing in my mind of people think that I look awful I I shouldn't have worn this I'm not confident in this etc etc all of these things that go through our mind and just being able like you said to just be present in that situation and just be with the people who were there who we probably were looking forward to spending time with Exactly. Yes. Amen. 100%. Amen. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> when I was reading um, through your website, I loved that one of the pillars of Santa and co- company is confident coverage and fit. But I, mm-hmm. I noticed this, and you've mentioned this on social media as well, that you don't use the word modest when you advertise yes. or talk about your work. And you've shared online about how the word modest is incredibly loaded, which is so true. Mm-hmm. But you also said that it's a subjective. And I love that phrasing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subjectivity of modesty. I think that's a big mental shift when in the right mm-hmm. direction when it comes to thinking about how we honor our dignity as women. So what makes modesty subjective? Um, and how does that, thinking about it that way, kind of change the way we approach clothing as Catholic women? Yeah, so just to kind of give a little background about my kind of journey with modesty. Again, I feel like my mom, you know, taught me so much. Um, just kind of passing on what she kind of her thoughts and her experience of faith and modesty and and those kinds of things. And I feel like it was a little bit more of a strict view and again, not so much about the why. And so I feel like it's kind of been a journey for me. Um, I definitely think when I was very young in my faith and thinking about modesty and what that looks like lived out, I really was coming from a very judgmental standpoint of, okay, if this is what I've chosen for my level of modesty and anyone who doesn't match that, I will think less of. And uh, that was just a really, a really, I mean, this might sound uh, dramatic, but just it felt like a dark place, like very um, comparison based and very divisive. And I just feel like in college, I was able to encounter a lot of women who had very different um, maybe standards of actual like amount of clothing and coverage they chose for their level of modesty. But they're really wonderful women who have a lot of self-worth and 
and also care for those around them. So it was really good to me, good for me to encounter um, women who I love and care about who had different ideas. And that just opened me up to, okay, Catherine, it's actually not your place or a good thing for you to do to, yeah, judge others based on their decisions. And I oftentimes think about how the church doesn't have any teaching or, um, yeah, uh, guidelines about modesty. It, I think it is very much a, you know, we should use our own judgment and um, our own reason to, you know, choose what is best for us. And definitely, I think intention is huge in that piece too. Um, so it's kind of been a journey for me. And now I, yes, I would say I'm, I've gotten to that point of I don't think there's one set way. And the biggest idea about the subjectivity comes to mind of, I heard someone say this idea of, okay, so I'm 5'1". I can definitely wear things that, you know, a friend who is 6'1", it's not going to be, it's not going to be um, clothing choices that she would make <laughs> because, you know, they are going to fit different people differently. And if you think about culturally, um, America has a different culture than um, some places in Africa or the Middle East. And so there are just kind of different factors that you um, take into account. Even so I grew up in Minnesota and now I live in San Diego. That's just a very different culture. Um, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of friends I have here do wear different um, outfits on the beach than maybe, you know, I'm used to it in Minnesota. So I do think there are just like a lot of different factors that go into it. But I think the biggest thing is just our intention and, and really just as all decisions in life should be just a conversation with the Lord and what he reveals to us and what we find is going to be, um, you know, good for us and, and how we relate with others. So yeah, I unfortunately don't have any concrete you know, statements that that was all kind of vague, but that's kind of where I have arrived. Today. Ugh, I like it. I've landed in the same spot. And I think what you're, when you're speaking about this idea of like the church doesn't have, there's, there's not catechism paragraph 277 is not a checklist for making sure mm -hmm. that you're good to go before you go to the beach, before you go to mass, before you right. go on a date, whatever that looks like. <laughs> yeah. And that's not the church saying, we don't care. That's the right. church saying, we trust you to yep. know your worth and dignity mm -hmm. and that each situation and body shape and background that people find themselves in, that's mm -hmm. going to be so, such a wide diversity of that, which is right. the beauty of the right. human body and the human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. And I think too, when you're coming at it from an American standpoint, which I know most listeners here are, are living in the States, when you look back on the history of the way that we dress as Americans mm -hmm. and it's so dang entrenched in Puritan culture and it's so mm -hmm. entrenched in the purity culture that's come out of that because of our Puritan roots, that's a whole nother layer of things that, right. that people could dig into too, where we just, you know, when, when you approach this idea with the when you approach dressing with the wrong idea that my body is bad, my body needs covered, mm -hmm. sex is bad, sex is dirty, yep, that's going to yep. totally shift the way that you dress. So yes. yes, much more layered conversation than just saying, well, like, is your skirt 16 inches long or whatever? Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep. yep. <laughs> Instead of 
sending listeners to a website where they can maybe browse a catalog of swimsuit styles that you've created. You recently launched a Kickstarter campaign where swimsuits are made to order. Tell me about what inspired the choice for launching your line and what unique advantages does launching via a Kickstarter offer both you as the creator, but also those who back this project? Yeah, so I would say there are two main motivators for launching on Kickstarter. So just a quick backstory for um, listeners, Kickstarter is a website that helps creators um, promote their new project and allows people who want to support the project to pre-order that before it's actually made. And it will only, the product will only be made if we reach the goal. So I would say that really helps with the idea of sustainability and um, not creating any excess because I'll be able to know exactly which styles and which sizes people actually want instead of yeah just guessing which I would have had to do um, if I had gone into production before getting the pre-orders so I think that really helps with that sustainability piece of clothing production that I'm trying to pursue and then the other part is a huge part of the apparel industry is with factories. Most factories have minimum order quantities, so they it doesn't really make sense. It's going to be very expensive and not be very efficient to just make one or two um, pieces of clothing. What is helpful is to make more quantities so that it is more efficient. It's going to be cheaper. So the factory I'm working with has a certain minimum order quantity. And so setting this goal with Kickstarter helps make sure that I will meet that minimum order um, so that I know that I'll be able to place that order. But if I don't reach the goal, then I'll kind of know, okay, the demand isn't here. And then I won't have to go into production, not having the demand, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I like how you're talking about it. It doesn't create an excess of something. Yes, and it exactly. Honors, yeah, it honors the, the process of creating something and the time of those who create it and your time as a creator mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you launched on Kickstarter. I think that's so unique. I think it's also really fun to see a community mm-hmm. rally around you, which is really yes. beautiful. Yeah, that has been fun to see too. And to be able to meet so many people through that who I don't know. There actually have been a lot of supporters who I haven't met yet. And so that's really fun. I was talking with one woman from Australia, which is so great. And yeah, I also, it's on my bucket list to go there. So that was fun to make that connection. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. I think it's just just this reminder that humans make clothing humans buy clothing there's connections there that's so beautiful and good exactly Mm. so I think sometimes when listeners may hear this phrase it's ethical it's sustainable Mm -hmm. what what they might also hear simultaneously is dollar signs Mm -hmm. which I think is for good reason because I think we've we've lived in a fast fashion industry mindset for so long Um, and so that is a big mental shift but For people who are listening who maybe they do want to have a sustainable wardrobe, they do want to have clothing in their closet that honors the dignity of every everyone involved in the creation of that product. Do you have any tips for going about that, especially maybe if they're starting from ground zero where they're looking at their closet and they're saying, yeah, nothing here. Um, 
yeah, is, is honoring the dignity of, of anybody involved in the process of the, of the creation of the clothes in my closet. Yeah. I, the definitely, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, promoting resale of clothing. So not even buying new sustainable clothes or from ethical brands, but just either buying from, uh, clothing resellers. So whether that's thrift stores or Poshmark, I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's a, yeah, love that. And it's another, um, clothing resale. And I think that's really helpful because it helps continue the life cycle of clothes that have already been made. So you're not making anything new and then you're continuing the use of the clothes that have already been made. Um, that could be clothing swaps with people, you know, cause so often, you know, we might own something and we just are kind of sick of it or we, yeah, just, you know, there's kind of that old, that saying of we only wear a very small percentage of our closet and there's the rest that we, it's totally fine. We just don't wear it. So being able to pass that on to others who would wear it, that's I think really great too. So I'd say that's the first thing is looking into um, reusing clothing that's already made. And then the second thing I would say is just doing a little research on the brands that you're interested in seeing, you know, what kind of steps they're taking or what kind of intentionality they have in who's making their clothes or what it's made out of. And I think with the internet is pretty easy to find that out about brands. If it's not very clear on their website, I think you can just do a quick email and ask them about it and their response I think will be very telling if they don't respond that'll that'll be telling or if they're kind of vague about it or they might be really upfront so I think just doing a little research on either brands you already like or researching new brands that use sustainable materials or keep in mind the ways that they're made, I think that can go a long way as well. Yeah, I love the research aspect of ethically made clothing, um, especially because, you know, I'm, I'm in a season of life where I my wardrobe's pretty set. I don't need mm-hmm. need things, but eventually the things that I have, like you said, I wear a small percentage of them. I wear like a pair of jeans over and over and over and over and right. over. Eventually, I'm going to need a new pair of jeans. And so I have, right. you know, filed away in my Instagram mm-hmm. saves. Um, <laughs> oh, I love um, that. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Because when I know that when I do have to make a purchase, I know where to go now. Um, yes. I, I don't need sure. it now. Um, but, yes. But one day I will. And I love that research aspect of it. Those are yeah. some great tips. Okay. We still have a little bit to chat about because I, I'd love to talk about your future dreams for Sienna and company. And then also we're going to dive into the feminine genius. But as, as listeners are hearing this and they're like, okay, I want to hear more about this. I want to connect with you online, Catherine. How can they find more about you? And then where can they find your Kickstarter? Yeah. So the best place is our website. So it's siennaco.com. So it's S-I-E-N-A-C-O.com. And that is kind of just a good landing page for you can find our Kickstarter, you can find our Instagram on there, um, you can sign up from our email list, which you'll get lots of updates to know about whenever anything is happening. So yeah, our website is the best place. What are the dreams for Sienna and Co. when you look at what you're doing this year, but then what's what's to come? All of the dreams. So many dreams. <laughs> 
I do want to pursue swimwear more. I think there is so much more that can be done after this first collection. The first most important biggest thing is expanding sizes. So that's what I found was the most difficult during this process was the idea of I I've learned that I'm a perfectionist and I just want to do it all perfectly. <laughs> and uh, it's very hard to design clothing that fits a lot of people and especially everyone. And so being a very small, very new startup, I did have to make just hard decisions of where to end sizing. I just couldn't do all the sizing. And it's just very clear that this range that I'm producing does not cover everyone. And I really want to be able to provide more options for more women. So that's the first thing is to expand sizing, specifically um, bra and bust sizes, because if you think about all of the different bra sizes there could be, I mean, there probably is a number, but it is, it is a lot. And so these swim suits can only fit certain sizes. So that's definitely the first, the first dream is to expand the sizing. Um, and then it would be more colors because although I love, I love all black. If I could wear all black every day, I'd totally great with that. That's not everyone. So definitely want to provide more options for that. And then after swimwear, if there was enough demand and interest in that, would love to expand to other categories of clothing um, because I think just like what we're talking about with wanting to provide clothing that women don't have to think about the clothes, that they can be present where they are, feel confident, feel beautiful. I think that could relate to all categories of clothing. So start with swimsuits, make more sizes, and then hopefully eventually move on to other categories. Okay. So this last question that I have for you, this is the question that I ask every woman who comes on the Letters to Win podcast, but I also know this is something that you're very passionate about. So I would love to hear how you live out the feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman who's passionate about creating on-trend and flattering swimsuits that women can feel confident in. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing I think about now in regards to the feminine genius is how how can someone who is not in a permanent vocation live that out? Because I think we have beautiful, wonderful examples of women in a permanent vocation and what that looks like. And for those of us who aren't yet, how can we not just use this time as a waiting room or you know, looking to the next step but how can we fully embrace and lean into who God has made us to be, what he has for us, and those he has around us? So I've just been really talking with a lot of friends, praying about, thinking about this idea of what that looks like. And specifically, what comes to mind is the idea of spiritual motherhood. So a physical mother that seems like a very obvious okay you are being woman to your spouse and to your children it's just very clear who you are giving yourself to it's not as clear for those of us who don't have those people in our life and 
yeah, I've just really come to a place where I don't want to wait anymore for, you know, X to happen. I want to live fully now. And I do feel like God is showing me that that is just to love fully those people in my life. So for me, that means my roommates. It means the people I encounter through pursuing CNN company, whether that is the people I work with or the women I get to talk to who are interested in wearing the swimsuits. Um, it means my physical, literal neighbors who I you know, see when I go out to my car <laughs> in the morning. And so I definitely think I'm just scratching the surface of this idea of spiritual motherhood. And so I, yeah, would love to know if you have any thoughts or yeah, any listeners, if they have any thoughts or resources, um, I just get so excited about that idea because I think for so long, like I said, I have just been waiting for this obvious permanent vocation to kind of tell me what that looks like. And for those of us who aren't there, how can we fully embrace this now? Yes. Yes. I love that the subject of spiritual maternity is something that's becoming so much more of a conversation topic. Mm -hmm. I think up until a couple of years ago, it was a, it was a kind of phrase that when I would say it in conversation, I get the, you know, what are you talking about reaction? Yeah. So I love that this is something that's being talked about more, but anytime that I talk about it with someone who has not landed in a permanent vocation or is in a season um, of discernment, I think the thing that comes to mind is John chapter 15, where the Lord talks mm. about bearing fruit and fruit that will last. And he's talking to his to his disciples and, and speaking about how he's the true vine and we're the branches. And it's just one of my favorite scripture passages. But I think what's so beautiful about that passage is what Jesus doesn't say. He's not saying, <laughs> right. He's not, well, he's not saying a lot of things, but some of them right. come to mind, um, include things like he's not saying, oh, and this fruit is kids or, mm. and this fruit looks this exact way or right. anything to that extent, but no, everyone is called to bear fruit that will last. And I think that's wow. such a beautiful way of thinking about, especially the season of life that you're in, um, that I have been in as well in the past is that it's so tempting to think, yeah, that's going to happen. You know, when I, when I pass go and mm -hmm. have a spouse and I settle down and all of these future seasons that I'm imagining in my mind, but that's not where like the Lord's not calling you to live in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's calling you to be in the present moment. And I think, um, what has been really beautiful too, about this idea about spiritual maternity is also the idea of like, um, Edith, Edith Stein talks about like creating places for people to unfold, but I've also, mm -hmm. also heard it referred to as this idea of midwifing people's dreams with oh. them, um, and bringing those accompanying others in that spiritual maternity in a way that, that inspires them and, and enables them to become more of who they are and pursue their wow. own dreams as well. And I think that's such a beautiful mental image, um, of like laboring for the Lord alongside people people um in, wow. what, in whatever yes. season you're in because i think we just we pass that up and i think it's so easy to become so selfish and turned in towards ourselves mm -hmm. but i think what's beautiful about spiritual maternity is that is it opens us up in that spirit of receptivity so yes wow I that's love spiritual good. maternity man. <laughs> i love it i wish people would talk more about it because it's yeah. so rich and it's for every woman right it's mm -hmm. not just yep a consolation prize for those of us who do not right. have physical kids. It is every <laughs> single woman is called to be a spiritual mother. So, yeah, especially because 
it's not a guarantee or given that if yes. you are married, you will have physical children. Yes. So it's, yes. I like that idea of it is for every woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Regardless of your vocation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you for coming Yay. on the show. This has been delightful. Absolutely. I've loved getting yeah, to know you better. Yeah, this is so great. I feel like we could go way longer. Oh, we could. <laughs> we totally could. <laughs> so if you're listening, check out um, the show notes for links to all all of these things, the Kickstarter to get to know Catherine better. Catherine, thanks so much for coming on the show. This has been delightful. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Catherine over at letterstowomenpodcast.com. Or if you're listening to a podcast player, you can scroll down to browse through links to check out Sienna and Co's Kickstarter, which is live now through September 2nd. Uh, The rewards for backing Catherine's swimwear range from a swim top or bottom of your choice all the way up to a meet and greet with Catherine and one of every one of this year's swim pieces. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple subscriber, I would love it if you left letters to women. Just a quick review. Let me know how I'm doing, but also let other women know why you like listening to the show. Last month, a listener said, this podcast is so uplifting and truly helpful in making heart changes. It writes me towards Christ and it makes everything in life easier as it becomes a joy and not just another task. Holy smokes, thanks. Thanks for joining me in these conversations on The Feminine Genius. So many incredible women. I'm so excited to continue to share these conversations with you throughout this upcoming year. You can check out all the behind scenes info over at my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast. If you're listening on the Monday that this launches, I'm going to share some of my swimsuit pictures from this summer just to show you kind of what swimsuit I landed on, but then also be sharing more about Sienna and Co's different pieces. I know describing a swimsuit on a podcast is not the ideal platform um, to really encounter those. And so head over to Instagram, follow along with Sienna and co, but then also check out letter un, at letters to women underscore podcast, where I'll be sharing a lot of her posts as well. I also love diving more into topics covered in podcast episodes, sharing quotes from the show over there. And I just really love the most, honestly, just talking with you in the comments and getting to know you in DMs. That is all that I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.